Teaching ELL students is a privilege and a joy. Is it easy? No way. But with the right support, you can feel empowered to tackle each day with ease and confidence. I'm your host, Beth Boche, founder of Inspiring Young Learners. With over 10 years of teaching both nationally and internationally, I know what it takes to ensure that your ELL students have what they need to thrive today, tomorrow, and for life. I'm on a mission to empower you to equip your English language learners. Welcome to Equipping ELLs. Let's get to today's episode. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of the Equipping ELLs podcast. In case you didn't hear it in last week's episode, we are almost to the 100th episode, which is so hard to believe. So we're planning some big things to celebrate the 100th episode that's going to be coming up here in November. And so one way I want to celebrate the 100th podcast is by giving you a place to share a little bit about how this podcast has helped you and your teaching of multilingual learners. In the show notes, you will find a link to a website called SpeakPipe where you can go click and respond with a voice message. And if yours is added to the 100th episode show, you will be getting a free month of the Equipping ELLs membership and we will choose one winner who will get a whole year free. So go ahead, share with us just real briefly one way that this podcast has helped you and your teaching of multilingual learners and we'd love to showcase you on our 100th episode that's coming up here in November. All right, today I am super excited because if you've been around here for any amount of time, you know that I am all about practical application of how can we really apply these things into the classroom easily and quickly to help you and help your English language learners. I think there's a lot out there. There's a lot of research. There's a lot of standards. There's a lot going on, but sometimes we read those, or at least I read them and think, what does this practically look like in the classroom? Well, if you've asked yourself that question, that is what we're diving into today. I'm gonna be sharing with you three different scaffolds that you can use, and we're gonna be walking through these scaffolds and how to use them with all your language levels. I'm gonna show you how you can take one standard and use this scaffold to support all five levels of the WIDA language model, language proficiency levels. So I'm super excited because, again, like I said, I'm going to walk you through how to practically do these things and give you just a brief run through of what you do with each scaffold, what it looks like in the classroom. And we have put together a freebie for you that walks you through the scaffolds. We've done the work for you to take that scaffold and say, okay, for level ones, here's how I can use it, or here's the sentence stem I need to use. And we've really kind of written it out for you. So in the show notes, you'll find that freebie um, that you can download that goes over the three scaffolds that we're talking about today. So let's begin with just briefly going over what is differentiation and what are scaffolds and why is it important? And I think more than ever, this is something that we have to be really familiar with, be really confident in to become, you know, really just a master teacher and really support the students in our classes. I think back a long time ago, even when I was in elementary school, you know, and everybody had the basal reader, everybody was just taught the same thing. And it didn't work then. I'm not saying that's what they should have done, but it's what they did do. But even more so now, our students are 
you know, just coming into our classrooms at many at varying different levels, needing many different supports from us. And so we have to be ready to give our students what they need without it being something that's a lot more stress on us and just really creating a burnout in us because we're trying to do it all. So scaffolds really help to do that. It's really an integral part of differentiation and it involves providing strategic support. So we have to know our students. We need to know what support they need in what areas, and it helps them to accomplish tasks that they might not be able to complete independently. And today we're going to be talking about those language scaffolds for specifically your students that need support in language learning. Now, today, scaffolds that I'm going to be covering, if you are someone who's been teaching yourself for a while, you might think these are the most basic ones. You know, I already know these, and you might, but I'm going to go over how you can use them with all your different language levels, because a big part of scaffolding is one, as teachers, we want to begin to build up our scaffolding toolbox. We want to have on the spot scaffolds that we know that we can put in place that are going to help support our English language learners with unlocking the language. We want it to be comprehensible for them. Okay, so we want to be able to know how to do that quickly and easily. And we do that by building up our toolbox of scaffolds. Now, I'm not going to go super in depth on this, but something we need to be aware of is just knowing when we are over scaffolding, when that student doesn't need that scaffold anymore. So we need to have just a pulse of who our students are, what they need from us, and what scaffolds we're providing. Now today though, I want to walk you through how you can use one scaffold for all five different language levels. Because if you're new to teaching ESL and you really start to understand these scaffolds, and you start to implement them with all your different language levels, then you are going to see success and you're going to feel more confident of how to use these quickly and easily. These are really helpful when you're pushing into a classroom so you might not have had much time to prepare. So this is something you can pull out of your back pocket and say, okay, I can apply this and this is the language level of the student I'm working with. Here are some ideas. And like I said, that cheat sheet that we put together is going to be super helpful for you. So Grab that. You can grab that before if you want to get that before I start sharing, but it's going to really help you walk through. So let's start with our scaffolds. The first one, and this is one you're going to hear anytime you ask any support question in a Facebook group or anywhere you're going to say, where do I begin with providing scaffolds for ELLs? The first thing people are going to say is use visuals. And it's true. Visual support is your first place you want to begin. It's the most helpful thing to do for your students. But what does this actually look like? What does this practically look like? So our scaffold is to use visuals. And now I want to walk you through what this practically looks like. Okay, so if we had a standard for content that was about understanding the requirements of plants for life and growth and their variability from plant to plant, that's our standard, okay? How can we use a visual scaffold to support all the different language levels of our students. So that's our standard, the requirements of plants and life and growth and their variability from plant to plant. So for our level one students, these are our newcomers, our beginners, our entering students. What you could do with this scaffold is to first, you want to bring in realia, use actual plants, soil, seeds, allow the students to touch and to see the real items. That's the first thing you want to do. That's that visual support. Then you can show how plants need space to grow by providing examples of overcrowded plants and then healthy space plants. So you're using the realia and you're letting them touch to think, to connect, and that's their visual support. 
you can talk about vocabulary of the plants as you're doing this activity. Now, the other thing that you will want to do with your level one students is to use picture cards. So picture cards, use picture cards that display the different requirements for plant growth. One card might be air, one might be light, one might be water, might, one might be nutrients from soil. All of those different things you're going to put on picture cards, okay? And then as they're looking at the real plants, interacting with them, they also now have it on a picture card that they're going to use as they grow out, go throughout this whole unit. It's also giving that reference, that framework of vocabulary words, visual supports. So they're going to be able to use those to communicate with you. Picture cards are the first place you're going to begin with your level one students. With your level two students, your beginners, you can have them label a diagram, a picture, okay? You want to provide a diagram of a plant with labels for each part and arrows indicating what each part needs, okay? So you might have the roots and label it roots, and then they decide that the roots need water or nutrients from soil, okay? So you're going to use a visual with a diagram. You can also create an interactive poster. So you're going to have a, where students can move the pieces to show what part of the plants need. Maybe they also have to identify the parts of the plant. So they're going to identify where the root is, where the stem is, and then they're going to also identify what each part of the plant needs to grow. See how the visual support there is a diagram and you can use it in different ways to provide that language support. For our level three students, our developing students, you can use images for sequencing. You can give them the images and they're going to show the growth of a plant and the factors affecting it at each stage. So maybe they sequence the pictures and then maybe they're going to orally explain what might impact its growth, or maybe they're going to write about it. We want that output happening all the time. They also could do something like comparative visuals. So you're going to have them use visuals to compare how requirements may vary from plant to plant. So maybe you give them a picture of a cactus and a water lily. They're going to compare those. They're going to talk about them. They're going to maybe do a Venn diagram with them. All of these different scaffolds are hitting on the standard, but in a way that is appropriate for the language level that you're working with. I hope that's what you're seeing here. I hope you're hearing these ideas and taking away, oh, hey, I could do that, you know, a comparative visual with this that we're working on right now. For our level fours, our expanding students, you can use infographics, okay? You can provide infographics that contain more detailed information about the needs of different types of plants for growth. This could include comparisons. It can include categorizations. Maybe you provide part of the infographic and they are going to fill out some of the facts that they've been reading about. So again, you can scaffold this based on the students and how much support they need. Maybe you provide the whole infographic for them and they're going to be working based off of that. Maybe you just provide pieces of it and they're going to be completing the infographic. It's up to you and knowing your students. You can also use annotated photographs. You can use photographs of real plants with annotations to explain how different factors influence their growth. So again, you're providing the knowledge, the content piece, but in a way that's very manageable for your students. That's something that they're, it's broken down. So it's, you know, something they can easily digest. They can read it independently. They can work on it using the visual support and they're learning the standard that is expected of them. And then for our bridging students, our level five students, you can use a visual support of a video with subtitles. 
Okay, so you can use an educational video about plant growth and requirements, put in those subtitles, and then pause to discuss, to ask questions, to ensure understanding, to give them opportunities to respond, and hit on those that standard that you are discussing. Like I said, we are sharing with you a broken down list of how to use visual supports with whatever you're teaching for levels one through five. So go and grab that so you can walk through and start to apply it to whatever you're teaching and see which language level you're working with and which type of visual scaffold you should provide for them. Something you can do for all levels is to provide a visual vocabulary list. That never hurts. All the students, you know, words like soil, nutrient, sunlight, all of your students need those, even your monolingual students. So creating some sort of visual vocabulary list is going to be super helpful for all your students. And then something else to point out is just using the consistent use of symbols. So if you're doing a diagram or you're, you know, modeling and you're creating symbols or hand motions for the different vocabulary, use that across all language levels. And as you're teaching this whole unit, having that symbol recognition is going to help them remember and spark that vocabulary that they've been working on. So, you know, for sunlight, you're going to draw a sun for water, maybe draw some droplets, all of those things, just keep consistency across the board. And something that's going to help you is to prep these things before you start the unit so that you can have your vocabulary cards set. And maybe you use those same vocabulary cards with all the different language levels. You're just going to use them in a different way. So it's not that it's a lot more work on your part, but you just have to be very intentional about the way that you're setting up the vocabulary and how you're using those vocabulary cards. But you can, once you get them set up, then you should be able to use them with all the different language levels. So that's our first scaffold. Use visuals. Super helpful, super necessary, great one to begin with if you're new to working with ELL students. And hopefully that was helpful of how you can break down a standard. Now, the second scaffold is using sentence stems. And again, I know you're probably thinking, oh, we know how to use this, but I didn't want to go over this because if you're new and you don't know how to use sentence stems, then I want to make sure you're clear on this because this is, again, another easy one to use. But I also want you to hear how to practically use it with all of your language levels because some of these, actually all three of these, we really think of like, these are good for newcomers, but you really can use them with all your different language levels just by scaffolding them differently. So let's talk about sentence stems. Sentence stems are an effective scaffolding tool across all language levels, okay? They provide a structure that can help students express their thoughts, their ideas, and their understanding of various standards and concepts. Sentence stems are really helpful to just help your students get their ideas out, get their thoughts out, kind of remove that barrier of, you know, where to begin when you're speaking or writing. It really just helps them get their thoughts going. So I'm going to give you some examples based off of the Common Core standard for, I believe this was for second graders. Here's our standard. Recount stories, including fables, folktales, and myths from diverse cultures. Determine the central message, lesson, or moral, and explain how it is conveyed through key details in the text. Ever read some of these standards and think like, what does this look like in the classroom? Well, here is how we're going to break down that standard for all five of our language levels, okay? Using sentence stems. So this really, like I said, it's going to help them orally just get their thoughts out, or for those who are ready to write, you can give us them to start writing. So based off of that standard for our level one students, for recounting the story, you're gonna give them the sentence stem, 
the story is about, or in the story. And then for identifying moral or lesson, you're going to give them the sentence, the, the lesson is. Now, this might need some modeling. You might be doing this together as a group. You might give that visual support and they just explain it, you know, with a one word answer. Those are all appropriate. But those are some great sentence stems to get started for that standard. For our beginning, for recounting stories, use a sentence stem like first, then, next, last. Or the main characters in the story are. And maybe above the word characters, you have a little visual support so they know what that word means. For identifying moral or lesson, you're going to do the story teaches us that or the important lesson is. So again, we're keeping, you know, from level one, it was just the lesson is. And now we're for level two, we're adding in that word important to kind of expand their vocabulary. For our level three students, for recounting the stories, the setting of the story is the problem of the story is. So again, using a, a visual support for setting or for problem, use that consistently whenever you're teaching. If you're drawing a little house for set for setting, use that consistently. So they see that, they know what the word means right away. For identifying moral or lesson, the your, the, your sentence stem you can use is the moral of the story is conveyed through. Ooh, we are moving up. We are really expecting more of them. We are giving them the support, but we're also giving them an opportunity to show up and show off. And then through the character's actions, we learn that. Now, you might be doing a a lot of modeling of what this looks like, and that's okay. Model, model, model. Keep these same ones the same for a lot of these literacy standards, and you're going to see that they really begin to respond to them. For our level four students, for recounting stories, you can use um, sentence stems like the story unfolds by or key events in the story include. For identifying moral or lesson, you could use sentence stems like the central message of the story is illustrated by or the story conveys the lesson that. So we really are just providing them with higher level vocabulary, expecting them to read it, understand it, apply it, use it in conversation. We're giving that to them through these sentence stems. And then for our level five, our bridging. For recounting stories, you can use sentence stems like the plot of the story develops as, and the climax of the story occurs when, and then for identifying moral or lesson, you can use things like the underlying moral of the story is highlighted through, or the text conveys the message that. Okay, so hopefully you're starting to see how these sentence stems can be used with a variety of different standards. That's the beauty. As you begin to start to develop, you know, a a cheat sheet, if you must, of just different ways that you can approach these standards, these grade level content standards, but unlocking it so that it's comprehensible for your language learners. Here is what you can do and providing them with things that they, you know, can reach to that expectation that you're setting for them when you're providing the support that they need. All right, so we've gone through using visuals, we've gone through sentence stems, now let's move into, can you guess? Word banks. Word banks can really be effective for ELLs to understand and just talk about, you know, some concepts that might be hard for them to talk about. Now, for this one, I want to share with you 
a standard, a math standard, because I do get that question a lot. How do I scaffold for math? And what does this look like? And so that's why I want you to come away with seeing like you could easily scaffold for whatever subject that you are supporting your students in, because there's language in all those subjects in math and science and social studies. All of them have, have a language component. Okay. Here's our standard. Understand. I think this was a fifth grade common core math standard. Understand that attributes belonging to a category of two dimensional figures also belong to all subcategories of the category. For example, all rectangles have four right angles and squares are rectangles. So all squares have four right angles. Yeah, I'm thankful I don't teach fifth grade math, but <laughs> I wanted to break this down for you. So if you're providing a word bank as a scaffold, what does this look like when we're trying to hit on this standard for math? Because your students cannot get there until they have the foundation, until they're ready for it. I think that's the main point here. So for your level one students, you can provide basic shape vocabulary, provide a word bank with basic shape names and images. Okay. They need to make sure you, they know the shape names and the images and the can match them before they're ready to tell you about their attributes and the categories. Okay. So you want to include pictures next to the words to enhance understanding. Checking in there, that's our level one. Our level two, you're gonna then add in the attributes. So first we started with just the basic shapes. We wanna make sure they get that. Level two, you're gonna add in the attributes. So you're gonna expand the word bank to include attribute words, side, angle, right angle, corner, and then use images to represent each attribute. So we're really kind of pulling in here the visual support plus a word bank. So starting with basic shapes, adding in attributes for our level twos, our level threes, we're going to include definitions. Include a short, simple definition or description next to each word in the word bank. Okay, so for example, a right angle, right next to it, you might put a 90 degree angle and it, you might provide a visual support or maybe you don't. I think with math, it always is helpful to provide a visual support. Now we're going to move on to the level four. The level four, you're going to add in some more complex terms. So you're going to add terms like subcategory, attribute, and dimension to the word bank. So our word bank is getting bigger and bigger. Now for a level four, you might remove those basic shapes that your level one student is using, but you still will probably keep from, you know, the attribute words and then the definitions, the visual supports, those are still helpful for your level four students. And now you're adding in those complex terms. You can provide an example sentence to show how to use these words in context. So again, that modeling is so critical here. When we want our students to really understand this new mathematical vocabulary that they are, they're expected to use, both orally and through, you know, activities, then we want to provide them ways that they can see how it's used in context. Now, moving on to our level five, our bridging students, we want to introduce formal mathematical language. So we want to add in formal terminology to the word bank, like two-dimensional, parallel, congruent, all those types of things. Now, this might word bank might end up turning into a mathematical dictionary that they can use as a reference, or you might just add in, you know, a small box at the top of their page, or maybe a little bookmark with these different types of vocabulary on it to help them. 
Now, something that can help with these types of vocabulary, these mathematical words that might be complex for some of our students, is to offer sentences that compare and contrast different shapes using the vocabulary. So seeing it again in context, in action. And this is why this might be better to turn into a word bank dictionary where they're seeing examples of the, of these words used in context. Now, just a few tips of using those word banks. Visual representation is still super critical and extremely helpful. So don't miss out on that part if you have the time to add in a few visual supports. The other thing with these types of words, especially hitting on mathematical words or science words, take a few minutes to see if there are any cognates in your student's native language, especially with, you know, science words and a lot of math words too. There are a lot of cognates between English and Spanish specifically. So I think it would do your students well if you take a few minutes and kind of check and see like, hey, you know what? You know, this word in Spanish is actually almost the same in English. So it helps them to really develop that understanding of the word really quickly. And then as much as you can, making these activities interactive. So you want to utilize the word bank and interactive activities, allowing students to match words and definitions, images and example sentences. Maybe it's not a word bank you're doing. Maybe it's not, you know, you could put it all in like a, a dictionary. Like I said, maybe this is just going to turn into a word wall. So you have the basic vocabulary up there for the students who need it, but then you're adding in so much more with the attributes and with mathematical definitions and words and visuals. And maybe they add in the visual support or they write the definition. So there's so many different ways that you can approach using word banks but I want you to see the power in using them for all the different levels um, and really providing the scaffolds that they need so that they get the support to be able to show up. And like I said, show off what they're learning. Now, we have done a lot of the work for you by putting them together into a little short PDF um, where you can download them and then you can see you know, right away, I want to use some visual supports how can I do this? What does this look like for each of the levels of the language learners? Um, we have that for our visual sports, sentence stems, and word banks. So if you are new to working with ELLs, these are three scaffolds that you will want to become an expert in. Get started there and go grab that PDF download so that you can really start to apply them with whatever language group you're working with. And you can start to see the power of your students as they begin to interact with the materials at their language level. So thank you so much. I hope that you enjoyed the practicality of today's lesson. I want to make things really, I hope they're sparking ideas of how you can apply them with your students. And I will be back next week with some scaffolds and strategies that you can use to help your students communicate and work with peers. So I will see you then. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you for joining me in today's episode. All links and resources mentioned can be found in the show notes. If you're looking for even more support and done-for-you resources created specifically for the needs of ELLs, head to inspiringyounglearners.com. I'll catch you here next week. Until then, take that next step to keep equipping your ELLs.